0: Good morning, blenders. Hey, it's the DFS pregame show with me, Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, aka Blender HD, whatever, whatever you want to call me. It doesn't matter as long as I'm on top of you in the in the lobby. I I care less. I couldn't care less what you call me. But uh, I'm here for for the end of the week, Friday. Uh, with with some with the ten game slate that everyone's injured, so I don't know what we're gonna go over. Uh, play whoever you want, I guess. At this point, I don't know who's playing. They might as well. I mean, I'm look, look. I mean, I, I pulled up the situation room premium thing on 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 uh, roto grinders. If you want if you want to get it, and it's like it's like it's, it just keeps on scrolling. Just get, I, don't know, I don't know what's going on. Everyone's out today, so there's gonna be tons of value and then value that doesn't hit. So we don't know what the hell's going on. What I normally do, what we normally do on the DFS pregame show, is not only talk about today's slate, but it's very beneficial to study what happened yesterday. The past slates. You can only learn from your past. This is what I do every day. I look at uh, the contests and the slate from yesterday, see what the good players did, the top players, not necessarily the winning who won yesterday, and see uh, where they took advantage, where they took advantage of ownership, leverage, Constructions, everything like that, and, uh, and so I could, so I could apply those strategies and see did, did, even even if I didn't personally apply that strategy, see if it's something that uh, I could have considered or something I didn't take into account, or, or you, you never know. You never know what's going what's gonna to happen, especially at today's 10 game slate. Like, I don't know I don't know what I'm, I'm going to talk about for today's slate, like uh, by 5:30 like every, everything changes. I know I complain about this every, every day. But I mean, today with 10 games, 20 teams, and it seems like half, half the league is questionable, right? Or doubtful or probably or something, who knows? And then, then, then load management, someone will sit and everything will change. So that's why you got to have premium rotogrinders.com slash premium. And then you get it. And then you get all the projections and everything changes throughout the day. You get the discord, you get everything. Join me. And we have uh, people joining me in the chat, YouTube chat, as always with this show. Feel free to post your uh, your questions in the YouTube chat, strategy questions primarily. This is not necessarily for cash games, for GPPs, and not necessarily for player picks, especially today. Who knows what's happening, right? We, we know some people are out and in, but by 5.30, everything changes. So who knows what, what players are going to pick today? Uh, so in the YouTube chat, we got uh, Jose Flores is in there, PC Vials, the Daily Fantasy Sweat. Yeah, I got the apple juice. Yeah, now... I'm I'm getting the apple juice back back on board because people were respecting the coffee now. Now people are asking about the apple juice. I do. Got the apple juice. And in order to keep this cold, right, keep my apple juice cold. Because warm apple juice kind of tastes like kind of tastes like urine a little, right? You don't want you don't want that. So if you want to keep the apple juice cold, you hit the thumbs up button. A little, little thumbs up, little I don't think the thumb moves over there, but yeah, you hit the like button, right? Do you like this show? Like the hit the like button to show that you like this show. And if you don't like the show, why are you watching? I have no idea. Heat Nation 7's here. Hey, Blender. Yeah, I I, I see you guys. You, you guys are here. Last night was awful. Well, if you played the chalk last night, it was, it was, it, it probably wasn't good, right? I mean, like, there was not like heavy, heavy, heavy chalk, I guess. I mean, it's not like anyone did absurdly well. I mean, you got Norman Powell, we got Lowry, we got, uh, Kawhi was okay. Toby Harris went well, but like Harden was forty eight percent owned across the contests. And uh, no, West Westbrook was the play yesterday. It was, it was Harden Westbrook. Nope, it was a Westbrook day. And then uh, Mike Scott, Mike Scott got there right. 25, 25 points for thirty It eight hundred wasn't bad. Paul George, he was chalky, even though I didn't necessarily think he was the greatest of plays uh, at seventy four hundred. Just uh, yeah, it wasn't really. He hasn't been getting the usage or anything. And then then Millsap, he 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 pretty much dudded. I mean, nineteen and a half is okay, I guess, for forty six hundred. But like, he's not going to win you a GPP, pretty much. Uh, PJ Tucker was PJ Tucker. What what did people expect out of PJ Tucker? Even even uh, Patrick Beverly, like, yeah, th- I guess for thirty six hundred, he got seventeen points, but uh, didn't really get you much, right? Graham did okay for his price because he was under he was under six k. Uh, Cody Zeller, I guess, twenty-two. I mean, nothing really stood out. Like Jokic, he, he didn't perform up the value. Orford didn't uh, didn't really. get yeah, thirty-seven, I guess. Right, a lot of middling scores yesterday, but you just had to have the right pieces, right? One of the key right pieces was Ibaka. I mean, we say that. This is why I bring these up, right? So I bring up the uh, the what is it? The two twenty-two, two twenty-two. The twelve dollar shoot around and the four dollar four point play, and and just see it, the difference between between the stakes because it's it's always so dramatic. It's always stru- so dramatic because we got that late news that uh, Gasol was going to be out, uh, Van Vliet was out, and Ibaka will play. So Ibaka going to play and not have a minutes limit or anything like that. I mean, look look at the difference here. In the Slam Jam twenty two percent. The $12 dollars shoot round, he was 10%, and in the four-point play, he was 6%. Look at that dramatic difference between higher-stakes and lower-stakes players, and we assume, we always go under the assumption that the higher-stakes players are more of the sharper players. There's probably bad players that play in the high-stakes also, but not as many, and there's more good players that play in the high-stakes, and the low-stakes maybe not so much. So the difference was, was fairly dramatic. Even if you take a look at someone like uh, Devontae Graham, which we got, we got news before, before Locke, that he was playing, right? And uh, if he was playing, he's, he was pretty much underpriced on DraftKings at 5,800. So we could see there that, you know, in the higher stakes, 36%. Lower stakes, 20%. Because Did people want to play a guy that's questionable and whatever? They made their lineups before, you know, 6 o'clock Eastern, before we knew that he was playing, and they just said, screw it, I'm not going to change my lineups. That's why I look through all of this. I mean, if even we, if we look through a guy like Norman Powell, I mean, Norman Powell, God, across the board. I mean, because we knew he was playing and he was going to play regardless of Van Vliet was going to be in. So I don't think that mattered much. Say for Rozier, like not much of a difference here. A lot of people played Shake Milton in the lower stakes and not so much in the higher stakes. I mean, I I, I think out of the starting lineup for the, for the Sixers, I think Milton on DraftKings, at least, I'm not saying anything about FanDuel where he was underpriced. But on DraftKings, I thought it was uh, 6,500. I guess. I mean, he'd Shake Milton for crying out loud. So I was more, I was much more inclined yesterday to play uh, Tobias Harris. Uh, uh, obviously, because you know, with with the with all all the guys out for the Sixers, uh, he was going to put up you know 25 plus shots no matter what. But also because the small forward position yesterday was just weak, right? If you didn't play Tobias Harris, you were playing Paul George, right? So I, I was more on Harris over George, but I mean, I understand it. I mean, the small forward position was a weak position. That's why we saw some house ownership. We saw some Merrick Gordon ownership and Powell in that spot. Cork was in that spot, right? It was a fairly weak position overall. So like yesterday, uh, I, I was saying that uh, on, the, on the morning grind, if you listen to it, that was, I was more, more likely to use small forward to just get raw points rather than you know try to find value but i mean the, the scores were lower yesterday but i mean for the most part that because not many people broke the slate i mean it was more about lineup construction like Marquise chris yes he got 45 points but i mean it was only five percent though steph curry came back right steph curry came back he put up 42 points for eight thousand. that's not like that's just over 5x but i mean in the in the the, the general context of the slate you, you that that was fine, I mean because we take a look at like Millsap busted for much I mean a lot of the a lot of the chalk underperformed I don't want to call them busted but they de- well hardened busted yeah if if thirty points at at over ten k yeah that that's a bust but for the most part I mean you could nineteen and a half for Millsap you know isn't like the worst thing in the world when in comparison to the rest of these scores right because Covington only put up twenty one. Right. Barton put up 28 for about in the mid 5K. It's not, nothing to write home about. Right. That's what I'm looking at. Siakam, he, he didn't really perform well. Lowry did okay. Right. Harold did fine. But I mean, predicting those Harold games, you're never going to know. So just looking here, Heald and Barnes, they did fine for their prices. So just a matter of what construction. I, 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 a lot of people, if we take a look at Toscano Anderson, who got the start. Like in higher stakes, he was 4%. In lower stakes, he was uh, 1.8%. I mean, I say this every, like I say this every show. Take advantage of late news more the lower the stakes that you go down. If you're playing in the lower stakes, be more inclined to go Oh, Instead of saying, I'm going to take even with the field. I'm like, okay, I'll take 10% of them. It's like, no, no. Be more inclined to take 20, 30% of them. Play them in more constructions because you're going to get more leverage. You're going to get more you're going to get more relative value by playing them in the lower stakes which means you could play chalkier lineups that's that's the reason I pointed out because leverage is in the eye of the beholder i think I think that's what they say so if we take a look here at aBAca between these contests right if you played abacca in the lower stakes you got more leverage right there's only six percent of the field hasn't, as opposed to the slam jam, where twenty two percent of the field had. So by playing a baca in the lower stakes, that means you get extra leverage, which means you don't need as much in the rest of your lineup. That's the re- this is the reason why why I, I promote this in the lower stakes uh, on late news, taking advantage of it more, because it just means that you can play the chalkier guy. I mean, I'm not saying that Harden, if you would have played Harden, you would have gotten there because he only got thirty points last night, but. Lineups with a BACA in it were leveraged as it was, as opposed to in the higher stakes where by playing a BACA plus the truck didn't get you anywhere, right? What just wasn't enough leverage. So that's why I like pointing this out. Okay, so people in the chat, Wallstra says, I need to stop the hand-building lineups. Too much feelings go into it and cost you money. Well, you can still hand-build. I hand-build for two years before using any type of optimizer. I used to build three, five lineups and then I built 10 lineups by hand. I would even build 20 lineups by hand. And then then you learn how to use the tools to kind of scale that up. So it's not about hand building or not hand building. It's about getting good at building lineups, at, at making quality constructions for the contest that you're playing. Okay, so thinking in terms of breaking down position by position, salary range by salary range. Being able to analyze and go, oh, small forward is a weak position today. Should I pay up for raw points? If I do pay up for raw points and I'm playing Paul George, I'm not getting leverage. How do I find leverage elsewhere? If I'm playing George Harden Scott, I got to find a contrarian way somewhere else. But let's say I don't play Harden and let's say I don't play Westbrook. And let's say I'm just going, you know, George, Graham, uh, Tobias Harris, Abaka, you know, some balance build down the middle. Yeah, you know, I may have enough leverage doing it that way. So you, you can still hand build. Like it's not a difference of hand building or using a lineup builder or something like that. It's a matter of learning how to build quality plus EV constructions for the contest that you're in. Like like I say on many shows, like it's about lineups, not about players. Right? You can play anyone. There's a there, 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 if that's the first person in your lineup, there's a reason to literally play anyone. You could have played uh Damian Lee. I mean, he did well, right? You could have played Alex Len last night. You could have, right? I'm not saying that that was a good idea, but once you place Alex Len in the lineup, then it, now you have choices to make in the rest of your lineup. And a 4% Alex Len at center means you're paying down at center. You could pay up at, at power forward or something like that. And then you also have, you know, you already got leverage in your center spot. So it changes the decisions. That you're going to make in the rest of your lineup, you could do that. You could do that when you're hand building, right? Because you're doing it one by one. If you're using the builder, it's more like you have to kind of make all those decisions all at once and then let the builder build. Okay, let's take a look at yesterday. Uh, how uh, some some of the top players? Right, I pulled up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven or so. Right, what happened? So I'm going to sort by uh, by field percentage. So I mean, for the most part, I mean, a lot of the chalkier options. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the top players played. I mean, it's it's basketball and it's a it's a it's four game slate. So more likely not. I mean, look, like Devonte Graham, for the most part, everyone played. I Royal Payne didn't played zero. Played 100% Cody Zeller though. See, this is what I like showing on these on these screens because when people ask like for the plays, who do I play today? Well, these are all good players and they all play different players. Right, they all it, it, they're different strategies. So you could say, oh, yesterday did you have to play Mike Scott? Well, Chipotle Attic, He played a ton of them. I mean, Scarborough played paid over, Royal Payne overweight. But then you take a look and Petty Theft and Veranosaurus Flex played nothing. Hundred fifty lineups, no Mike Scott. If you would ask them, is Mike Scott a bad play? They wouldn't say he's a bad play, but could be, could end up being overowned for his upside. So for for 34% ownership, I mean, Mike Scott, he got, I mean, he kind of got there 25 points, but you know, they were relying more on the fact that Mike Scott putting up a 15 point game, meaning they got a lot of leverage by playing zero of him with him being in third of the lineups. I mean, take a look at James Harden. I mean, James Harden is 44% owned, put up 30 points. I mean, mostly everyone had him to some extent. Royal Payne went over the field, but like ending went under, I mean, an, I mean, why, why wouldn't? Same for, for Westbrook, right? You see all of this? Yeah. For Flex and Great upon they, they had a little of them. But still, for the most part, you know, the good players are the good players. They're still going to appear in lineups. But like taking a look at someone like uh, Patrick Beverly, who's a cheap guard starting. He was 28% owned. I mean, like every, everyone had him to some extent, right? But look at Jokic. owned, a lot of, a lot of players, a lot of, a lot of the players in the, in the shoot around went under on Jokic yesterday, right? Even though great spot against the Hornets, right? Even uh, where's, where's Millsap, Millsap here. I mean, look, Royal Payne is a hundred percent ending 77%. So people have them. Chipotle addict decided to say, no, screw it. Like a couple of lineups, maybe at most, right? 1%. That's what two lineups. I think he was in, right? So no Millsap, no Jokic, right? Who did he have? Right. He had all the Abaca, Powell, Corkman's right down over here. Okay. Some Marquise Chris, some Toscano Anderson, some Damian Lee, right? They had Chipotle attic one yesterday in this contest. But where where did they find the leverage? Because yesterday on a four game slate, like if you pay up for Jokic, like it limits your construction. So like Jokic constructions were were tight. like it's very hard Jokic Westbrook or Jokic-Harden type of constructions. Well, like you had to play Scott. You had to play Millsap. You had to play Beverly. Like you had to play. That was the chalk construction. What's the easiest way to get off the chalk construction? By just not paying up at center. Or right, by not paying up for Jokic. Even if you're playing a Baca, that's not paying up all the way. Jokic was what, like 9,500 yesterday? So it, it limits your construction. And I think a lot of the sharper players noticed that. That it's much easier to get contrarian by not paying up at center. Cause even if you did it into the even if you did it into the builder without knowing it, you would you would see. Most of your Jokic lineups have a lot of the cheap chalk in it. And then you look at this and you go, How do I how do I beat a, you know, such a large field contest with so much chalk in my lineup without just, you know, taking a shot at some like weird guy, right? Just a Raul Neto or something like that for no apparent reason. It's very hard, especially on a four-game slate. Uh, Dominic Moreno asks, does anyone still read the articles or do we just play the optimal? I mean, you, for CAD, that's cash games. I don't care about cash games on this show. This is for GPPs. Cash games, why? You build your best median lineup and be done with it, right? Just be done with it. Uh, who did ending pay up for? We take a look at ending. Uh, Devontae Graham, Murray, Powell, Abaca, Siakam. You had a lot of Siakam, Siakam, Lowry, Fox. So, more more, just balance didn't pay up for really didn't pay up for anyone. What Lowry, Siakam, I mean, they did 8,600, 9,100, kind of went that route. Like, not much Westbrook, not much Harden, not much George. I have a Kawhi. Yeah, 41% Kawhi. So, I mean, he still had 50% Beverly. I mean, he still had he still had these players. Didn't have enough Toby Harris, apparently. A little bit more balanced. But he still had Jokic, right? So, much more balanced. He played like mid-range guards. I mean, with uh, Patrick Beverly. So, Murray, Fox, Powell, Lowry. Played Siakam at power forward a bunch. Instead of a lot of Mike Scott, right? That's, that's what, that's what he kind of did. He, she, I don't know. It could be anyone. Okay. I mean, we see good players making different decisions. They're not all wrong and they're not all right. There's no right or wrong answers. It's how do I get leverage? How do I build contrarian constructions? They all choose different ways, right? I think the main, the main thing, from last night is that take advantage of it was the Raptors news? Because look, we got Powell, Powell, Powell. About look at look at all the Ibaka across all these players that I brought up. I know two of them didn't. I mean, look, I mean, Great Bon didn't. But for the most part, Ibaka was ten percent owned. Put up thirty-seven. It's like nothing to write home about. But in the context of the slate, he did get there. That was enough points for his price. But look, look how many. Like when, when Ibaka was ruled in, Gasol out and Van Bleed out, it's just like jamming Ibaka. Get, get as much Powell. He was 14% owned. Put him 50 points. Taking advantage of that. Now, I mean, you could take advantage of that and then they do badly. Okay? But the whole thing is that you're making decisions based on ownership. Not on like what happened in the game. Right? You knew that they were going to be lower owned because of the late news. So jam them. Not 100%. I mean, you could. And then if they don't work out, they don't work out. But I mean, it's still, it's a plus EV play at these ownership. If if Abaka if and Powell, were, if we knew all that information at two o'clock in the afternoon, the ownership would have been double this on each of them. So take advantage of that on a four game slate. I keep on pressing that. That's why I show you, this is what the good players do. The good players play the chalk. You don't see them. I mean, some of them take heavy stances on like one player here or there. But for the most part, they're playing chalk. And then finding one or two spots for leverage. In every lineup that they make for 150 lineups. So if you're making five, make five like that. But they're making 150 like that. And then sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't, right? Sometimes you play 100% Cody Zeller and it doesn't happen. It doesn't work, right? Sometimes you'll play P.J. Tucker. Sometimes you play half your lineups with P.J. Tucker and go, whoops. half Those lineups aren't aren't aren't, aren't going to win a GPP today. Mike Scott, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm going to go all in. Sometimes you're like, I'm going to go all out. Perfectly fine. Because like uh, Petty Theft, what did he do with power forward? Well, he still had Millsap. Baranosaurus uh, Rex, who had uh, Mike Scott, no Mike Scott, what did he do with power forward? Well, he didn't have that much Millsap. He had a lot of Harris who fits a, look, Toby Harris for petty theft. Okay. Let's look at other power forwards. Al Horford. So there you go here. Well, that's great. Poupon. Little some Al Horford, Daniel house. Yeah. Daniel house here. 39% 25%. Similar price range. Daniel house. So instead of Mike Scott, these guys that faded Mike Scott played a lot more Daniel house. Any other power forwards that we see? Not really. Not really down here. Miles Bridges, a little, I guess. Marcus Morris. Okay, there you go. Marcus Morris. Damian Lee is not a power forward, but Dragon Bender. Yeah, here's a dragon bender right here. So, like if you didn't play Scott at Power Forward, okay, Bender, I see. Toscano kind of Anderson, Daniel House, right, I get it. And fading chalk. Mike Scott, because chalk Mike Scott, they typically not good, right? We don't like playing Mike Scott, but but he got there. Okay, remember hit the like button. Keep my apple juice cold, or or your coffee warm, or or Devin. Maybe Devin had. I think Devin drinks iced coffee, so maybe you're keeping his coffee cold. Is ice cubes cold? I have no idea. Typically, when 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 the coffee's in the plastic containers, that means it's it's see. Yeah, he's showing it to me. That that's ice coffee, right? That's ice coffee, right? Because it's in the plate. Like hot. Why don't they put hot coffee in the plastic containers? There has to be a reason, right? Oh, uh, because the heat goes through and it burns your hands, I guess. Ah. Uh, Anchor asks, uh, "What's your mindset on a high end single entry with roughly seven thousand, seven hundred to a thousand people?" GPPs work the same no matter what. The size of the contest determines how much leverage you need. That's it. There's no difference when you're playing GPPs. So if you're playing single entry with 700 to 1,000 people, you need, don't need as much leverage as you're playing a $12 contest with 30,000 entries. So you don't have to get nuts. You don't have to get nutso, stupid, contrarian. You could play a lot of chalk. You still have to find leverage somewhere. You still have to be different somehow, but not as much. You don't don't necessarily have to go crazy. Also realize that in the smaller field single entry contest, the ownership will be more condensed. I mean, I'll bring it up right here. So let's say uh, we have a single entry here. No, we don't have. Let's go back. Let's see. Let's see if I can find. Let's reload. Maybe they reloaded these contests. Contests. Okay, now we get now we got some. Okay, so let's let's go to a single entry contest for instance. Like the let's see. What's a good one? Like the pick and roll. Now that's 3000 entries. Let's go with the, the $40 single entry. The mid-range jumper, okay? So I'm going to go over here. I'll I'm, I'm doing this in real time. The mid-range jumper, I'm going to compare it to the large field tournament, okay? So the shoot-around is here, and then the mid-range jumper is the $40 single entry, okay? So we're going to compare the ownership differences. This is the single entry contest that you talk about, right? That 700 to 1,000 people. Harden in the large field GPP was 44% owned. 59% owned in the single entry, $40. I mean, look at the disparities. Mike Scott, 33 in the large field, 54 in the single entry. We take a look, look right down the board. The top, the chalkiest plays in the large field are even chalkier. Patrick Beverly was 28% in the large field, 40% in the $40 single entry. P.J. Tucker was 30% in the single. I mean, all this means is that there's more available leverage. And I know what I said before that, oh, well, in in smaller field, single entry, you don't need as much leverage. The difference in how condensed the ownership is just determines in where you get the leverage, not how much you need. So if you take a look at the single entry $40 tournament here, uh, being that the ownership tends to get more condensed, it doesn't mean you have to take advantage of all of it. That's not what I'm saying. It's just, it's easier to now choose. If you would have said, screw it, I'm going to play Westbrook over Harden and then fade Mike Scott at 54% don't you're done. Like you're done. Like that's your decision. That's literally what you would do. You'd go, hmm, what would be the best strategy to win this $40 single entry contest of 1,200, 1,300 people? Well, Harden's going to be popular. So how about instead of Harden, I play Westbrook. It was not going to be like underowned, and uh, then instead of playing Mike Scott, I'm playing someone else. I'm I'm not playing Millsap. I'm not playing Millsap or Scott or something. That I'm playing Horford and and who knows Zeller. You, you have you have enough leverage now. I mean, like Mike Scott, yeah, thirty three percent. Millsap thirty two percent. You get, le- you get that's tons of leverage there, but, I mean, in the single entry, that's even more. That's more, way more leverage. So if you just did that, if you just said, I'm playing Westbrook instead of Harden, and then uh, Daniel House over Mike Scott, like the other six spots in your lineup, just plug in the best plays. Just just plug in the trail, whoever. It doesn't matter. Your leverage doesn't matter anymore, right? Because you've gotten enough in the single entry. That's the difference. So for single entry, yes, it's, it's, a, it's a smaller field, so you don't need as much leverage. But it's easier to get it because the ownership tends to be condensed, because people tend to play cash like cash type lineups, which is not not a horrible, but it's easier to exploit. That's what I do. When I play single entry contests, if you take a look at my lineups, a lot of times they're heavily leveraged. They're actually more le- they're probably a little bit more leveraged than they should be. Right, I'm much more likely to do that type of thing as I described. I'm much more likely in a forty dollars single entry contest to fade both Harden and Westbrook to go. Uh, I'm not or, or not play Paul. Like I'm going to fade like four of these guys and go down the middle and play a bunch of these guys. Right? You look or or play like one person that could be like two percent don't. Maybe I'm the only one with Marquise Chris saying you know that I'm just going to play him and then just play the chalk. The rest of the rest of rest is all chalk. I pay down at center or pay middle middle of the road in center and then just there, plug in the best plays at that point. So you only have to find like one leverage point, one major leverage point, and then fill in the rest of your lineup. You're done. You're done. Easy. Easy peasy. Does it work out that night? Who knows? But you do it, you do this, these types of strategies every day, every slate. It's not about what to do today. It's about consistently finding leverage and executing strategies that have positive expected value. And over the course of 180 slates that you'll play this season, NBA hitting on one or two, right. And, stay, and staying alive for the for the other 175 slates. That's really what it is. That, that, that is, I, I, there's no, there's no magic button. If it happens tonight, it happens tonight. I don't know who is going I don't know who it's going to be today. Right. We have an injury report that is like 17 pages long. Who's actually playing today? I have no idea. I don't know what's going to happen today. All I know is that I'm going to execute strategies to have the best chance at at, at winning first place in the GPP. And then from there, it's it's out of my control. Okay, going back into the YouTube chat. Remember, you always post your questions there. Hit that like button. That like the little the little thumbs guy. The little the the thumb. I have a longer thumb than what's on the YouTube page. So like the thumb on the YouTube page is kind of like. Kind of like a guy that kind of has little muscle problems or something in his thumb. Very small thumb in comparison to the hands, I think. Unless let unless because why would you put your thumb this way? Like it looks like it looks like eh, like fairly little thumb. No, no, big thumb. Big thumb. Can you go over the Pacers ownership for tonight's sofa? No. Who knows who's playing? What are we going over? Look at the Pacers. The Pacers the Pacers, we don't know. De doubtful, okay. Warren's questionable Oladipo's questionable we don't know who's playing the ownership McDermott's questionable also and does that matter in May I don't know I don't know what's gonna what what, what are we gonna know that's why you get get, get premium right get 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 rotogrunders premium com slash premium and they get the you'll get the ownership projections they'll change throughout the day right I mean, as of right now, oh, they got updated again. Now i have to run these lineups also. Like, okay, let me run them again. Because look, even before the show, like the projections were updated at 11.28. Before they were updated at like 10.40. So now I got to change everything. You get it, right? Like these ownership percentages right here for premium, if you, got, if you got it, lineup HQ, like they'll change. Like in two hours from now, everything will be different. I have no idea. Okay, so no, I can't I can't go over the Pacers ownership. I don't even know who's playing. Obviously, like McConnell's probably still a good play no matter what, right? He's probably going to start McConnell or Holiday. No matter what, I'm with Brogdon out. And for the rest of the team, I have no idea. Okay, 10-game slate. So many people are going to go off. You don't know who's going to go off. The people that you think are going to go off aren't. And the people that you'd had no chance, you go, you go look all the way down and like, Oh, Patty Mills did it again. You know, like you never know. Would you differ your strategy from the $40 mid range jumper and the $12 pick and roll both single entry tournaments? No, other than you need you need more leverage in the $12. The $12 pick and roll is 3,300 entries. The mid range jumper is what? 1,200. So what? That's you're going to need a little bit more leverage, a little bit more. So I, I make another decision like I just did. All that decides the contest determines how much leverage you, you need. That's it. Small 100-man contest, how much leverage you need. You can pretty much play your cash line up practically. Oh, uh, let's see. I can't, I could can show the ownership right now, but the ownership's not going to matter right now. The ownership is, what does it matter? McConnell? That's a, about like we have Warren. Cause we have, we on, on, on our projections, we have the questionable players in right. Doubtful means they're not in the projections. So those things could change, but I ran three, I just ran 300 optimals, right. Which is just a median, you know, cash game ish type of lineups, you know, based on our projections, obviously with Aiden out, Aiden's is doubtful. I mean, he's not, I don't, I don't see Aiden playing, uh, Baines, I mean, Baines is, is going to be popular, right? We, we have to assume that. Baines, Sarich, Booker, Michael Brut, like all the Suns are going to be popular. You have to figure, I mean, Oubre's out for the season, so his usage is gone. Aiden's usage would be gone. Baines is minimum price, so I don't, why wouldn't you play him? So Baines, and, I mean, someone has to play center. I mean, who's, who is available for the Suns? I mean, what? Do they did check Diallo? He's going to play some back. he play 17 minutes. Bain, Sar, because could play the five a bit, maybe not necessarily with Whiteside on the court. But yeah, but I mean, the rotation's going to be fairly one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine man rotation. And most of these guys are low usage. So yeah, Booker at 8400. I mean, with with eight and off the court, like Booker has like a 36 percent usage rate. So, yeah, so the Suns are going to be popular. I mean, look, look at the projected ownership. They're going to be popular. You don't want to play Booker, you can play Rubio instead. But 7,100, oh, I mean, you can. I guess you could do it. But, yeah, I would, I would assume Bain is at minimum price against Portland is, is going to be the chalkiest player on the slate. See, Sarge is 4,900. So, like, yes, he's still, he's still a good – you could still play him but he's not as much of a slam dunk play as as Baines at minimum price. The difference in salary, I mean, like 5,000 to 3,000, I mean, that's almost like half the price. So people are going to pay down at center. See, this is the way that you should be thinking. Baines is going to be popular, which means uh, he takes up, if he's going to be in 54% of lineups, I'm not saying he will be, but a lot of lineups, Center spot, especially on draft, well, on on FanDuel, I mean, you only have one center spot. But on DraftKings, a center only player could only fill two spots. So if Baines is going to be popular, that means a ton of other centers will be under owned because they can only fit in either that spot or the utility spot with Baines. So if we take a look at the center position today, like, why, why not, you know, Vooch against Minnesota? Sabonis so with no, with no Brogdon and all those guys if they're out against Chicago, he's power forward eligible. But I'm looking at like even Miles Turner against Chicago at 5,200. Naz Reed, maybe against Orlando. I mean, I'm not saying the center position looks all that appealing today, right? It doesn't. But if people are going to be paying down at center, I would I would start looking into. Where can, where can maybe pay up? Maybe. Play that type of construction. Anthony Davis. Lakers against the Bucks. You could do that. Why not? Porzingis against the Grizzlies. I, is he worth $9,300? I, I wouldn't want to do that. But you can. Bam against the Pelicans. Bam's going to be 3% owned. He's 8200 He can put up 60 points. No problem. Right? That's what I'm looking at. You look first at who's going to be chalk, what position and what price range during, and then think in your head, okay, if they're going to be chalk, who's not going to be because of that one player. People are paying down at center. That means higher centers are going to be lower owned than they would be. If there wasn't a cheap center available, if there's a cheap, because we're looking at lineups that are Baines McConnell, right? So, right, I, I built 300 lineups, right, optimally. So we see, look, pay up, Trey Young, Booker, Ross, Saric, Vucevic, McConnell, Bridges, Baines. You see Vuce, Baines lineups. So Vuce is still in 54%. So we see a lot of these types of lineups. Pay up a guard. Trey Young, pay up a guard. Pay up a guard. Pay up a guard small forward. Kyrie's LaVert is still a pay up option. So the, the based on our projections, you're jamming in Trey Young against the Wizards, more likely as your payup option, with a booch in your center spot and Baines in your utility spot. But well, let's say you didn't want to play Vooch. Let's say you didn't want to play that type of construction. So let's this is this is what this is what you should do. I'm gonna go into build rules, I'm gonna just set it at like 100, just to make it quicker. I'm gonna go here. Let's go here. And I'm going to take, I'm going to X out Baines. I'm going to X out sarge I'm going to act like Aitans in, right? See, so X out, like Booker, Baines, Sutley. X out all those guys, all the Suns. So just think in a world where, oh, everyone's fine for the Suns and they're, they're, they're priced up. We don't have to worry about the Suns. And I'm going to build hundred lines. And you can compare the differences between the constructions. So based currently based on Aton being out and the Suns being underpriced for the most part you're jamming in Suns you're paying up for Vooch you're paying up for Trey Young you're playing TJ McConnell for value you're doing something like that But let's say in a world where that didn't exist right You're still playing a lot of Trey Young and Vooch and McConnell and DeRozan and Zion Right? You're still playing Booch, you're, you're playing McConnell. You're playing more Michael Carter Williams, I guess. Right? Like 60. Right. That would be the value play of the slate. Right? Carter Williams or Dwayne Deadman. Something like that. If it weren't for the fact that the Suns were on the slate. So you go, hmm. If people are gonna play the Suns, maybe I play these guys. Maybe I play Rui Hatchamoro. Maybe I play DJ Augustine. Or Michael Carter Williams, or something like that. Who knows? But this is what I like looking at. I like, okay, Trey Young is still the best payup option, right? We have Trey, I mean, Trae, it's, it's Trey Young against the Wizards, right? He rates out extremely well. He has one of the highest smash ratings, right? Other than the excluded players, right? Other than, yeah, you know, once I start adding in the Suns, then that changes a bit, right? Bane, Sarich Young. Yeah, we project Young pretty highly today. So yeah, but that's going to be the chalk construction. You don't want to play the chalk construction in a 30,000-entry contest. Where do you get different? That's the question you have to ask. Donnie Watson asks, who do you think benefits the Magic the most with Fournier out? Ross seems like a great play. I, I, I don't think Ross starts, though. I don't I don't necessarily think Ross is the one that, that benefits as much. I mean, he gets some more he gets some more minutes. But he doesn't start. So that's why I think it benefits more guys like Gordon or Vooch. I'll play 36 minutes. Yeah. Or Fultz. Let's take a look at the magic. Where's the magic? Right? Take a look at this. Well, Fournier. I mean, Augustine, the second unit. Ennis. I mean, who would start here? it would be Fultz, Fultz, Gordon, and Vucevic would be there. But I don't, I don't see. I don't see Ross starting. So if Ross is not starting, Ross is fifty seven hundred. It's not like he's cheap. So yeah, I guess it could benefit him more. But I mean, it's Ross is Fournier's price and probably doesn't start. So I think it, it benefits more the starters more than anything it's not like a one or clark or any of these other guys are going to do anything i'd rather take a shot in augustine or carter williams than play ross only because of the pricing yes look we're projecting ross for 32 minutes right median wise but augustine and michael carter williams are in the low 20s but they're nearly minimum price ross is 5700 so for 5,700 for a GPP winning score, he's going to need to put up close to 40 points, right? You're going to need like 38 out of him, which I guess he could get there. You're right, he can get there, but why aren't I playing? Why why aren't I playing Markelle Fultz instead for a 300 cheap? And then like why don't I play Augustina Carter Williams who only needs to get like 25, right? I don't need as much from a 3,300 or a 3K player. They're both coming off the bench anyway. I would get like if Ross was like forty two hundred. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. Now, now, when, you made your case. Perfectly fine with that. He's fifty seven hundred. Just for the price, it doesn't matter. I don't know what he is on FanDuel. Maybe he's a better play there. Maybe he's a better player on Yahoo. But at fifty seven hundred, he he's he's Evan Forty forty eight spray. I mean, you're, you're paying for. Yeah, we even get the news right now. Wessel Wundu will start for for Evan Forty. What does a one do? do? Nothing. He doesn't do anything. So I, think, I, I just think it benefits Booch uh, if anything, Fournier not being in the starting unit. I'd rather he doesn't start. He's better off the bench in the second unit and he closes out games. But he's 5,700. I don't care about if he's going to do well today. He has to do extraordinarily well compared to his price. I'd rather play Michael Bridges with no Aiden. right? I mean, that, that's what projections are for. Ross doesn't stand to benefit for his price. It was 4K, it's different. But looking at this, I mean, I'd, look, I, I'd much rather play so many other guys than play Terrence Ross. I mean, even just in that price range as of now. I mean, I'm just looking through. Like, you can play Malik Beasley for 200 more on the other side of the game. I mean, there's so many other players to play that have secure minutes and usage that you don't have to play Terrence Ross. I mean, you can. Yeah, it's 7% projected ownership. I think that's even a little high. He's fine. Like, uh, but he d- doesn't stand out. I mean, like, I'm not jamming, I'm not looking. I'm practically, I I'm i wouldn't even be looking really much towards him at all. He'd be okay, I guess you could play right. He has hit six X that price in his last six to seven. Okay, what does that matter? Oh, he shot like the lights out. Yeah, 12 for 18. Yeah, you're gonna hit that if you go 12 for 18. Yeah, if you go 13 for 25. <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen against Minnesota. So, yeah, he gets in the 30s. 7 for 15, 6 for 12. He's shooting well. Three points. But he doesn't get many. I mean, it really depends on his steal and everything else. How many rebounds, assists, steals he gets. I mean, he gets, he gets a lot of steals. He gets a lot of steals, so he'll get there. But is he going to go 8 for 10 like the last game from three-point land? Because look, he went. Look, last game, he went 12 for 18, 8 for 10 for 3. But he had no other – no, nothing. He literally had no other – and he got 38 points. So he shot the lights out, and he still – he didn't even hit 40. Terrence Ross could easily show up with a 27-point 20, game today. He's 5,700. We're used to him being 1,500 cheaper, 1,200 cheaper. Then we could talk about it. I don't know. It just seems like someone that's over, over-regressed. over Is that a better way to put it? Over-regressed? I wouldn't want to play him if he was popular. But it's a 10-game slate, I guess. You could throw him in some way. You'd throw him in your player pool, see where he fits. I am nothing against him personally. Just to, to me, it doesn't stand out. Oh, 48 is out. I got to jam in raw. No, I, no, I don't have to. Court IQ shows Ross and Fultz benefit the most. It doesn't matter who benefits. Do you understand this, people? It doesn't matter who benefits. Oh, so you're going to play Terrence Ross if he's 12,000 today? Oh, Ross benefits the most. So who cares if he's if he's 12,000? No, you're not going to play him at 12,000. If uh, Aaron Baines today, Aaron Baines benefits the most with 8 and out. Would you play Aaron Baines at 9K today? No. So who cares who benefits? It depends on the price. Someone that doesn't benefit—that's minimum price. You tell me uh, I'm gonna today, uh, today whoever. Jonas Valanciunas, you tell me he's four K today, and I'm pl- I'm plugging him in like every line. Yeah, but no one's out or no, not because he's under prior. What, what does it matter? I don't care. The price matters. That's why the sites, it depends on the site. FanDuel, the pricing is different. There are guys that could be way underpriced on FanDuel and you don't really even play them on DraftKings, and vice versa. Heat Nation asks, so say Aiton is out, which I'm assuming he is. Uh, would fading Baines and Young be enough leverage in your opinion in a five? Yeah, yeah. It'd be, fading Baines is, it, Baines is going to be like half the lineups today. So once you fade Baines, you're good. I mean, like, you fade Baines and you play fade Trey Young. You're, you don't even have to worry about anything else. You're done. Play the best play. Do whatever you want. Right at that point. Look how much leverage you're getting. You just have to hope they both bust. Because if they don't bust, you're dead. Right. So that that's the strategy you're going with, which is fine. Ronald Coley says being price sensitive in the NBA is the number one thing. Being price sensitive in DFS, right? Patrick Mahomes, if he's $7 million in NFL, you're not going to play him. doesn't matter. He's the best quarterback. Same thing in NBA. Booker, it's like, oh, Aiden's out. I got to play Booker. But if Booker was like 12K, if he was 11-5, I mean, I'm not playing him for 11-5, even though he benefits because he doesn't benefit enough to pay off that price tag. But $8,400, sure. Trey Young against the Wizards. I'm not playing him because he's playing the Wizards. I'm playing him because he's 9,900 and playing the Wizards. Like if Trey Young was 12K, he'd be like, eh, no. Don't care that he's playing the Wizards. The price matters. That's why you got to look at the pricing. That's why the, that's the first. I, I compare everything to the price. Aaron Baines would not be a play if he was efficiently priced today. If Aaron Baines was 5,500, right? He'd be okay, right? He'd be. He'd still be a play, right? Still going to play 24 to 20. Eight minutes or something, but at five k, eh, eh, you can play him. I guess you can, right? Because he would project to about five x, five point two x or something. You'd be like, eh, you can, you can if you want. donnie says he didn't mean to hijack the show with your Ross talk. No, if if you're watching this live and you're in the YouTube chat, you're the priority. Okay, the people that watch this later, screw them, right? Unless they're hitting the like button and maybe they're hitting the like button later. That's the whole point of this show. It's a pregame show. I I don't know who to play. Right. Yet We have a million uh, injuries. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. You have to make all this assessment uh, five hours from now again. Right. Because some of this stuff I, we see this so so often, you know, six o'clock comes around Eastern time. And I go back to like what I said seven hours ago and go, okay, most of that did not matter. Right. It's a learning how to make the assessment. So stop thinking about, do you play Ross? Do you play Baines? Do you think in terms of who do I fade for leverage? What positions are they in? What constructions am I making? What contests am I I in for these lineups? Those types of things. Then you can make those types of decisions for yourself seven hours down the road and go, oh, well, now that this guy is popular, that means that this guy is going to be under and that this position isn't going to be as condensed as it used to. That's what you do. Making those type of assessments, Donnie Watson says. I know it's early, but could you see yourself with a few Giannis AD stacks and what should be a competitive game? I mean, you could do it. it. Depends on how much value. Just I understand that if you're playing Giannis and AD together, like you, you're playing Baines, you're playing McConnell, you're playing, you're playing a DJ Augustine or Ricardo Williams. I mean you're, I mean you have to go scars and strubs at that point. So you may. If you're playing that type of lineup, you have to realize that you're, you're going to be on all of the chalk value. So if you're comfortable with that, if you think that's, that's contrarian enough, then fine. Then do it. But just understand, it's a 10-game slate. I'm not a, I'm not a humongous fan of like having like every chalk value piece be in my lineup. I'm still interested in playing them, but maybe not all of them in the same lineup. Maybe not playing all of these guys together playing two of them together sure okay that may constrain the types of bills that you can make so that's what i'm looking at but who knows someone else could sit this could happen or whatever and we may have like five six like 4k 3k 4k players that's it's like oh you can build whatever you want now and then you could kind of mix and match Okay, any, any other questions in the YouTube chat before, before I get the hell out of here? Because look at this injury report, okay? This is the situation room. You can get this under premium. And also today's uh, uh, Andy's Core Plays article is free today. So uh, feel free to go and click on uh, his uh, Core Plays. It's primarily for cash games, but he does kind of throw in some tournament pivots. And that's a, that's a core piece of, uh, of a premium. So you, you get that for free today. Uh, everyone, not, not just, me, just me. Is it up yet? Let's see if it's up. A lot of times Andy's just like, oh, see, free NBA core place. Click on it, right? Andy Means, great NBA cash player. The core, see, he's at TJ McConnell, right? It's an actual article. Baines, right? Depending on site, Booker. I mean, it, yeah, just thoughts. It's for free. Comment or whatever, post your little Topanga gifts because he was talking about that before. But yeah, I mean, it's not much different than what I'm talking about, right? You look at the projections, you go, eh, well, that seems, seems pretty obvious. Because you can even see in lineup HQ, Andy means, means he has his course plays tag, right? You read his article, see his core plays. You got Notorious as cash full, he hasn't posted yet. GPP pool, the cards, title with salary relief, right? but the core plays is free today. So if you want to, if you want to check that out, go, go to rotogrinders.com NBA section, click on the core plays part of premium is uh situation room, basically the DFS injury report with some commentary. And let's see what happens today because uh, I mean, this is, I mean, look, look at this. We know Brown and Hayward are out. Okay. Okay. The Celtics, but the, they priced uh, the Celtics fairly decently. So, you don't have to worry about them that much. Aiden's doubtful. Levine is out. Aldridge is out. Brogdon is doubtful. Luka is questionable. Jackson's out. Oubre's out. Fournier's doubtful. Warren's questionable. Dedman's probable. DFS is questionable. Oladipo's questionable. Mitchell Robinson's questionable. Hardaway's question. Really, the Mavericks. What the hell's going on with the Mavericks? This is going to make a big difference. Because obviously, if Luka doesn't play, you know, they're only, you know... There's all there's all the usage and whatever, but then we, we also what if DFS doesn't play if Hardaway doesn't play, there's some some subsidiary guys that could that could get the, that could get that could be valuable. So I'm just looking through. I mean, even the Pacers, we don't know what's going on. What's going on with Warren and Oladipo? We don't know. So keep your eye out for that, and that's why the projections, you know, they'll change throughout the day. And you can come into our, our premium Discord and talk about it. RotoGrinders.com/slash premium it's like 40 bucks a month 39.95 right does the nickel matter does it really matter i have no idea what do you pay the extra nickel or or hit the like button hit the like button what does it really matter i my apple juice is still cold which is great right roof mellick says luca dfs mitch rob only relevant news at at this stage that's the key words of that at this stage we don't know Someone could sit out of the blue, right? We, don't, we have no idea what's going to happen. AD just decided not to play. We don't know. We never know what's going to happen. So that's why you, you got to tune in to Grinders Live, right? 520 on the YouTube channel. If you're subscribed, like, subscribe. Watch Grinders Live. i will have all the updates. And then uh, Crunch Time is a premium show that leads up to lot with Andy Means and JSU and Kevin Roth. We got all the stuff over here at Grinders. So sign up for it, rotogrinders.com slash premium. And Donnie says, I'm ready for vomit stacks. Yeah, I'm ready for baseball. Well, baseball's got 20 days. We've got 20 days till baseball, people. I'm much ready. See, baseball, this show for baseball is so much easier, right? Like baseball players play. There's no like sitting for load management and people questionable, probable, and doubtful type of crap. We kind of know, we can can pretty much know what the lineup's going to be. We may have maybe a platoon split here or there. It's not like NBA. I mean, it's, all, it's only March 6th, and it seems like every every team, half the team is out. This guy's not going to play. It's ridiculous every day. But that's what we do. That's why you, that's why you come to Roto Grinders. So, uh, so tune into Grinders Live. Get your Andy Means Core Plays article for free today, and, uh, and, and have a good weekend, because I'll, I'll be back on Monday on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <music>